0: Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's continue through 1 Timothy chapter 6. Instruct those who are rich in the present age not to be arrogant or to set their hope on the uncertainty of wealth, but on God who richly provides us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do what is good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and willing to share, storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of what is truly life. The rich in this age are not to be arrogant. This is something that I've, I've encountered before. I've seen this where somebody who has had a great deal of success in the business world may look down on other people who are not wealthy and it's never crossed it's never crossed his, his mind that not everybody's trying to be as rich as they possibly can all the time. If that's your view, that everybody is constantly trying to get as rich as possible constantly, then yeah, you could, you could say like, wow, evidently I'm way better at life than everybody because they're all trying to get rich but they've all failed where I've succeeded. Let me dispense some wisdom from on high. Here's, the, here's the, the, the downfall of that approach. It's arrogant of you because not everybody's trying to get rich. Some people are actually pursuing a higher calling. They're pursuing something more than wealth. They have foregone opportunities to gain wealth in exchange for something more meaningful to them than money. So don't be arrogant. If you're rich, praise God, don't be arrogant. Moreover, don't set your hope on wealth. It's so uncertain. Ask everybody who invested with Bernie Madoff. You don't know. Ask everybody who held stock in Enron. You don't know. Ask everybody who invested in multiple properties leading up to the 2008 crash. You may be rich right now. Enron stockholders were rich. People who invested with Bernie Madoff, man, it looked really good. People who owned lots of property going into 2008 saw the value skyrocket. Man, it's so uncertain. It's so uncertain. You don't know. You don't know, all right? You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know. Economically, man, things are fragile, all right? Especially as long as, as, long as a certain party is in, in power, man, it always seems to happen. Our credit rating goes down and inflation goes up and interest rates skyrocket, and suddenly you're just spending more on, on you're spending more to live life. And even now, as our dollar devalues, your money is getting, is, is, is decreasing in value as it sits in the bank. You don't know. You can't trust in wealth. You don't know what's coming around the corner. You have no idea. And even if the world's economy and everybody around us is blowing up, even in that sense, you don't know if you're going to get news of a cancer diagnosis tomorrow. You don't know. You simply don't know. You could get in a car wreck and your insurance refuses to cover it. Okay? Like you don't know. If your whole identity is built upon wealth, watch out. You are right to be insecure. And those haunting thoughts you have as you fall asleep at night in your giant bed in your massive mansion are the only moments of self-awareness you actually have. Because you're right, your wealth is not certain and it cannot save you. What is far more important is how you'll stand in judgment before God. Instead, set your hope on God, who richly, do you see what Paul did there? While speaking to the rich, he talks about how God richly provides us with all things. It's deliberate, the Bible's amazing. God richly provides us with all things to enjoy. This is important too. In Ecclesiastes chapter five, it's on top of my head because uh, one of our guys is leading a Bible study. Um, what's up, Nathan? Uh, proud of you, man. Uh, and, it's, and we're looking at Ecclesiastes five, last night after the students left and the fire was kind of dying out, we just linger. Sometimes the students will stay stay at my house like way after Bible study's over and we'll just talk by the fire forever. And uh, Nathan was talking about Ecclesiastes five. And it's, it's, uh, it's amazing, I mean, uh, Solomon was the wealthiest man ever. He became jaded and burnt out after glutting himself on all the pleasures of this world and found that all of it was ultimately totally meaningless. Asceticism is meaningless too, right? This self-denial where like, I'm denying myself comfort. I'm gonna sleep on a rock until I die. Guess what? That's meaningless, that's stupid. Don't do that, it's pointless. In Ecclesiastes 5, you see the ultimate meaningless and the futility of wealth and how even economic systems this side of heaven are always going to be corrupted by something. Capitalism's pretty good, but it's not perfect, all right? It can be corrupted. It can be messed up. It can be manipulated. And, and it's, it's not until we get to heaven that we'll see exactly how perfect it all is. But in the meantime, if God's given you wealth, you can enjoy it. You can enjoy it, right? Like, God, he richly provides us with all things to enjoy, So you can enjoy what God's given you. That means more than the things of this world. If God has given you material wealth, guess what? It's it's so that you can be rich in good works, to be generous and willing to share, verse 18. Enjoy that. Enjoy that. You store up for yourself then treasure as a good fortune for the coming age so that you can take hold of the life that's really, really life. You're not just putting your money in stocks and bonds, CDs, or gold bullion. (laughs) <laughs> Every time I watch Fox News, that's what I feel like I'm, I must be an octogenarian because I see just like walk in bathtubs and gold bullion investment opportunities <laughs> like all over the place. Um, it doesn't matter if it's all in gold or silver or whatever it is. It, you're still not you're still not saving for the age to come. You store up for yourself treasure in heaven. Heaven is not a one size fits all experience. There is a hierarchy of states of blessedness in the heavenly realm. There are those who will be saved and they're in heaven and they're happy as can be for all eternity, but they've just been spared from the fire. They've been spared from the flames. But there are people like John the Baptist, who was the least on earth, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Okay, for more on that, I I recommend this resource by Randy Alcorn's book on heaven. It's It's an amazing thing to behold. There is a hierarchy of heavenly rewards. Don't fall for the trap that if, the, if you're wealthy on earth, that you're gonna be wealthy in heaven necessarily. Think about Jesus's example about the rich man and Lazarus, the order absolutely flip flop in the, in, in the afterlife and the rich man in this particular story was not actually in heaven, by the way. It's a, it's a, it's a, brutal, uh, a brutal whiplash to live life like a king on the earth and to be poor forevermore in the afterlife. Instead, you store up treasure for yourself in heaven. If you're rich in this present age, good. Make sure you're investing in the coming age because there thieves can't break in and steal moth and rust do not destroy decay does not set in instead be rich in good works be generous and be willing to share give by the way give to JCM give to the revival project give to the redemption church store up treasure for yourself as a found a good foundation for the coming age and then as a result you take hold of the life that is truly life i met a man who started and then sold multiple businesses Uh, And he sat down with me after he got saved. We baptized him, it was really cool. And he began to talk about the purpose of his wealth and what it was really for. And he was like, I think that all the while when I was living, he was an atheist and he gave his life to Christ and is radically transformed. While he was an atheist, he was amassing wealth for himself. And then he didn't find any satisfaction in it. It ultimately left him empty. It wasn't until he became a Christian. And he said, I think that all the while I was an atheist gaining wealth so that I could give it to the church. And he committed, a, he, he, he committed to give to the revival project. It's a really cool story. It's really, really amazing to see like that's the reason for his wealth. That's the reason for his money ultimately. And now he's taken hold of the life that is actually life. It's actually life. It's a lie from the devil. If you feel like you're going to get wealthy and then I'll be happy. If I can just get a bigger house, then I'll be better off. I can get a better car, then I'll finally have everything that I want. It's a lie because you'll get to that big house and you'll want a bigger house. You'll get that car and you'll want a nicer car. You'll never be satisfied, all right? Ecclesiastes five, ne- gold is never enough gold. It's never enough, it's never enough. Instead, instead, take hold of the life that is actually life where you're a part of the move of God. It's eternal, it's heavenly, it lasts forever. This is actually the purpose for your wealth. It's not just to please you and then it ends. That's ultimately meaningless. You can enjoy it by all means. Go buy a cheap sports car, they're great, okay? If you can can find a sports car that's cheaper than Toyota Camry, do it. I did and I love it, it's awesome. So buy something cheap and enjoy it, okay? Have fun with it. Go on a good vacation every once in a while, okay? Enjoy good food. The the monks are wrong about that stuff. Like, it's, it's meaningless to deny themselves those kinds of things that God's given us to enjoy. But to take hold of the life that is truly life, use your wealth to be generous and to give it away. You take hold of the life that is truly life when your wealth is directed at something that's eternally important. When you die and we put you in the ground, you're gonna be right next to the poor people and it won't matter how rich you were. But where you go next matters for forever. So save up in that life because it lasts for eternity. Nine trillion years in, we will still not even have been there for 1% of the time that we will be there forever. You've got maybe a few good decades left in you here on the earth. Which of these realms is your wealth stored in?